Hello and welcome to NLP Highlights, a podcast where we discuss recent research in natural language processing. The hosts are members of the Allen NLP team at the Allen Institute for AI. In each episode, we discuss one or more NLP research papers with researchers working in that space. I am Pradeep Dasiki, a research scientist on the Allen NLP team. The topic for this episode is uh, coherence in long-form generation. We will discuss this topic with while focusing on a paper published at last year's AMNLP titled RE3, Generating Longer Stories with Recursive Reprompting and Revision. As a guest, we have with us the first author on this paper, Kevin Yang, who's a PhD student at UC Berkeley and a part-time researcher at MetaAI. Welcome, Kevin. Well, thanks for having me. Yeah, so let's start by discussing uh, coherence in long-form generation, particularly uh, in generating long stories, which was a topic of the paper. So can you tell us a little bit about what challenges are involved in automatically generating uh, long and coherent stories? Yeah. So you can start by imagining kind of like what's the most obvious baseline here. You like run like either GPT-3, like the base model, or you run like try to like chat GPT or something. So let's let's talk about like what happens when you try to run like one of one of these uh, initial baselines. So if you try to run uh, kind of the base GPT-3 like DaVinci model, the one that's not instruction fine-tuned, what happens is you'll get text where like every individual paragraph looks pretty good because GPT-3 is pretty good at writing fluent text, but if you try to write like a long story, and in, in this paper, we'll be, we'll be focusing on stories on the order of like 2,000 or more words. So it's much longer than uh, what a lot of prior works have, have looked at. Once you get to that, that length, GPT-3 kind of tends to lose the thread very easily. You can imagine it's kind of like a random walk through uh, possible like events in, in the, the story that like don't really form like a very coherent overarching plot at all, despite each, like, despite, like, each individual like local paragraph looking pretty good. And these issues, they're like remedied to some degree, but also like made worse to some degree by the instruction tuning in some of the subsequent model, like text to text of energy 002 and 003 and chat GPT. For the most part, those are a little better at like maintaining coherence over the course of a few hundred words, but they tend to write in a different style where it, it looks more like what your English teacher would describe to you as like telling rather than showing. It's like hard to get them to write in like actual story style. And also, it's much harder to get them to actually write stories beyond like a paragraph in the case of text image 002 or beyond like a few hundred words in the case of 003 or chat GPT. You have to like kind of like do some work to, to actually try to get them to write longer stories at all. So these are kind of some of the, some of the issues with some of the previous models. You just try to use them out of the box. It, it's quite hard to actually maintain a long range coherence of like an overarching story plot over 2000 words or more. More like eventually the goal would be you would want to get to the scale of like a novel, but like obviously we're still quite far from that. It, it's it's difficult for models to kind of remember the context from so far uh, long long ago. Right. You mostly talked about uh, GPT three and uh, the more recent models, but I'm guessing this is a problem that people have looked at even in the context of uh, much older models, right? I mean, this seems like it's uh, uh, highly related to some of the work in planning uh, in. Uh, uh, early AI literature. In, in general, can you give us a sense of what people have tried previously uh, to address the problem of coherence in non-form generation? Yeah, yeah. So I can say a bit. So for, first off, let me say like prior work for the most part focuses on like much shorter generations. Like when when people say when people worked on like coherence in story generation, for the for the most part, they would work on like a few sentences or maybe one or two paragraphs and. My understanding is this is, is because once you scale up to GPT-3, like DaVinci, like a lot of the problems 
on the scale of like a few sentences are like largely solved because like GP3 is able to write fluent text on that scale pretty easily. But we're using when you're using like the older models like prior to this era of like pre-training or like like massive scale pre-training, then 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 you actually have to worry about a lot of problems like repetition, like every other sentence, or like this like the sentence like two sentences ago, like it's like not making sense at all. So so you, you kind of have like a different set of problems that you're working with. So like people so like there, there's there are some approaches, for example, I think there there are definitely some like more structured approaches to uh, trying to maintain coherence. For example, like trying to make sure that each individual sentence like follows logically or like via common sense from all the previous sentences. Yeah, so th- these these kinds of structured approaches. Uh, in our in our case, we focus on like I guess like because we're using the larger language models, we focus on like a much longer horizon, and we adopt a more less structured approach and just like help to use the models to solve the problems that we don't need to solve ourselves. Okay, yeah, that makes sense. So uh, I guess what I did understand from what you just said is that uh, uh, people have looked at this problem previously as well, but now that we have much better models, we have a much better hope of generating some somewhat coherent content. We still have problems, but it's just that we are actually, in a sense, uh, looking at uh, a new research problem because the kinds of problems we have to deal with regarding uh, generating content from GPT-3 are uh, are very different from what people looked at earlier. Do you think that's a fair characterization? Yeah, yeah, exactly. yeah I, I feel I feel that the problems that we deal with on the scale of two thousand words are are just like very different from what people dealt with before when they were working with like hundred or two hundred words. Okay, yeah, that makes sense. Can you give us a sense of uh, how your approach is different from some of the other approaches that uh, were tried to uh, generate uh, stories from GPT-3-like models? So. As far as I'm aware, I'm not. I'm not sure if people have tried to really generate stories from GPT three type models. I certainly haven't seen mm-hmm. any other work that like actually attempts to generate stories on on this same length scale that we do. So yeah, as far as I'm aware, like we're we're the first to like tackle this this problem of like generating stories on the scale. Okay, fine. So I guess maybe can you give us a an overview of your approaches different from just say trying prompting GPT three to generate a long story. Yeah, so you could, in some sense, view our approach as like figuring out the right way to do the prompting and like doing the prompting in a structured way. Like you can imagine, kind of the naive way to do the prompting would just be like you tell GPT three to write a story and then like let it write like two thousand words, and then once it runs out of context window, you like do a rolling window and tell it to keep writing more. And this is how you get this like the, that like random walk story that I talked about before, where like it doesn't really have any like clear overarching plot. So our approach is like trying to use GPT three as sort of like the base model that is like pretty good at generating like locally fluent paragraphs, but trying to build kind of the this the like the framework for like prompting that goes around it to try to make sure that it always like has this sort of high level context in the prompt and trying to structure it so that it can do like some better better planning to maintain overarching coherence. Okay. Uh, yeah, that, that sounds great. Can you tell us a little bit more uh, about the details involved in uh, uh, in your approach, RA3? Uh, can you give us an overview of all the modules involved? Yeah, so RA3 at a high level, we're trying to simulate more of like a human-like writing process as opposed to kind of just generating the story like just from scratch in one shot, like like the scrolling window thing I talked about before. So at a high level, we have we decompose the writing process into four modules. We have this, we have planning, drafting, rewriting, and editing. So starting from the planning uh, module, so the planning module it tries to 
generate initial high-level plan. So the input to our system is like a premise, uh, maybe like 30 or 50 words. So mm-hmm. it's just a premise for some, some story. And then we're going to try to flesh out this premise into something that's a bit more detailed. So we'll come up with the setting, we'll come up with a list of characters and some short descriptions for their characters, and then we'll write like a brief outline for what the story should look like. So maybe, maybe this outline will be like three or four like bullet points, and each bullet point will be like a sentence or two about what, what should happen at that stage of the story. And this is, all, this is all done by prompting. For the most part, Text DaVinci 002 is actually pretty good at writing like the short story plan because the, I guess there, there's not actually that much text you have to write. It, overall, the plan is still pretty short. what's a bit more challenging now is how do you actually translate this plan into a story and how you can actually make the story like stay faithful to that plan um while just like keeping in mind that the story is going to be potentially longer than the context length of your model so So, uh, when you when you say that the outline uh, or the plan generated by uh uh, text da vinci uh the text da vinci model is uh is pretty good what exactly do you mean by it how are you evaluating how good the plan is? Yeah, so we don't actually have any formal evaluation, but just like inspecting the plans that come out, like pretty much every single one looks like it looks like a perfectly reasonable plan. Like it's very rare for it to make okay. any like obvious mistakes at the planning level. By comparison, okay. it's like it's like quite obvious if you look at the, the actual stories that are generated. They're they're definitely like very very clear like mistakes or like bad writing. Um, if you just like look at like one every every paragraph. Okay. Yeah. So so that. The next next module is this uh, drafting system, which is kind of which is like how we draft a coherent story while like maintaining like while while maintaining faithfulness to the plan. Um, so the, this drafting system is kind of the core prompting scheme in the system. So the way it works uh, is so you want to somehow have the model both pay attention to what it just wrote and like stay coherent with uh, kind of what's what's going on in the story. While also keeping in mind like the overarching plot of the story and like not like totally losing losing track of it, and you have a limited prompt size uh, to actually like fit all this information in if you're using GPT three. And in this prompt, like so, the context you're limited by the context window, but you're also like in practice, like you're limited by like the model's ability to actually pay attention to the stuff that's way back in the context window. Like you, you have like uh, just just a like just like a brief digression like you, you have all these models like s4 where they in principle have infinite context window but like in practice they're not that good at actually like paying attention to what's like ten thousand words ago because when you train language models uh on like x token log prob like you it's it's very rare that you have examples where you actually care about what token for like two thousand words ago it's like it's, it's not just a problem of like we haven't scaled the models enough it's a problem of like somehow they're, they're not being trained in the, with the right objective or something or we don't have the right data to actually like get models to be able to have an effective context size window longer than like maybe one or two thousand tokens. So you, you have a limited amount of information that you can give to the model. So the way that we design our prompt for the drafting system is we the intuition is that you, you want like very detailed information on what happened just now in the story, but maybe only high level information on what happened before. So we structure the prompt as kind of this like course defined summary of uh, what happened previously in the story. So so the most so the last part of the summary is like or of, of the of, yeah the last part of the prompt is kind of this just like verbatim copying like what like the last couple hundred words of the story preceded by like summaries of like previous parts of the story at like higher and higher levels of abstraction uh, which are themselves written by gpt3 and then we also include uh, parts of the plan that are relevant such as like what's supposed to happen next um, and also include some descriptions of the relevant characters and then we use this prompt to influence gpt3 to continue to write uh, story text which is coherent with uh, what happens down the story 
but which also uh, keeps in mind kind of the overarching story plot so that it doesn't just fall into this like random walk uh, issue where it writes uh, passages that don't actually make any sense compared to earlier in the story. Got it. Yeah. Uh, so so I, I can continue on to the, the next module then, unless you wanted to... Um, so a couple of quick questions about the drafting module then. So uh, by the end of this drafting process, I'm guessing you have somewhat of a, of a story that you hope is consistent with the premise that you have uh, given your system, right? What, uh, I mean, uh, are you evaluating any aspects of the story generated so far or uh, is evaluation only done on the story after the whole thing is generated after any edits or rewrites? So we only do like the final like, human evaluation on the the story after like everything is done. Okay. But you, you can do some like kind of like not that reliable automatic evaluation metrics mm -hmm. on like intermediate parts of the story. And that in some sense, that is what our rewriting module is doing, uh, which is the one I'll talk about next. The rewrite sure. module like is, is designed to like evaluate whether a given continuation, like every like 256 tokens or whatever, is trying to detect both whether it is actually uh, coherent with the previous part of the story and also whether it actually is relevant to uh, what the plan says we're supposed to do next in the story. So these are maybe kind of the automatic evaluation metrics that that we, we would use, although not the most reliable metrics because it's a bit hard to automatically evaluate a uh, long, long form text like this, of course. Uh, um, so how did you decide that you uh, would need a rewriting module after the drafting module? Is it only based on uh, some outputs you saw from the system after the drafting was done or something else? Yeah, so the drafting system, it makes a lot of mistakes still, like like the problem of like translating this plan into like an actual story while like also like staying coherent with the previous whatever previous story was written like there's a lot of like simultaneous constraints here like which are like not that easy to satisfy and it's quite hard to get a good output of the drafting system sometimes so i guess like kind of kind of the root of the issue is that you don't actually have that much control over these large models you basically can do like you can either prompt them or you can do rejection sampling after the fact because right. of how limited the, the api is uh, and in a lot of cases with simpler constraints prompting by itself is actually kind of fine but in, in this, this situation because there's, there's such complex constraints a lot of times there there are failures there so okay. we, we additionally tried to do some uh re-ranking uh, after the fact where we'll like at every step we'll generate a few different possible story continuations and try to determine which one is the best and this, 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 you can think of it a little bit as like when humans write stories, like, like I, don't know, I, I might write a passage and be like, okay, this passage actually sucks. Like, maybe maybe let, let me like write something else. So like, it's not like completely unmotivated also. Not else. Okay. All right. So I understand that in the rewriting path, you have uh, these models trained to evaluate coherence and relevance, uh, and you use uh, them to re-rank your outputs. Can you describe those models in detail, please? So there's two separate re-rankers here. There's a relevance re-ranker and a coherence re-ranker. The relevance re-ranker is designed to make sure that the story continuation actually stays faithful to the plan. So at each step, like there is something that's supposed to happen next in the story. We want, we want to make, make sure we're actually doing that to some degree at least. So th this re-ranker is trained by taking this like writing prompts data set, which is a data set that, of existing just like human written stories that were described from Reddit. Well, we take passages from those stories and then use GPT-3 period to just write some like short, like one sentence summaries of like different passages in, in that story. And then we, we do this like contrastive training where we train a 
relevance we rank her to determine, like given a pair of like a passage and a summary, whether the summary actually corresponds to that passage or not. Um, so you can, you can just like match summaries against the true passage or against like other passages from the same story to train this re-ranker. And then at inference time, when we're actually generating our story, this re-ranker takes the passage that we just wrote and then compares it to what the plan says we're supposed to do next, uh, like the sentence from the outline, and then like re-ranks based on how well the passages match uh, the outline. So that's the relevance re-ranker. Um, the coherence re-ranker does something pretty similar. So in, it, we, we still use the writing prompts data set, and then we just chunk up stories into passages. And then we just have the coherence re-ranker like, read, like for example, it'll, it'll read like 800 tokens and then like read the next 200 tokens. And then we ask it whether the next 200 tokens actually like did follow like the first 800 tokens. And then you, you just learn this to discriminate between like what, whether or not it actually is the true continuation. And so that this is just designed to check if like you like kind of went off the rails or if you like properly followed what happened just now in story. And so re okay. rewriting the rewrite model just combines the using rankers um, and takes the best passage. Got it. How powerful do these two rewriters need to be? Uh, are they highly accurate models? Are they also trained on like large pre-trained models or something? So they're based on let's see what model did we actually use? I believe we use like a long former base. So it's not okay. like the biggest model, but it is some like something that is pre-trained to some degree. So And how accurate maybe, are they at uh, at the discriminator test? Yeah. So if you actually like the discriminative task is like relatively easy, depending on like how exactly you construct your data. Right. So I think like the like on, on the on the training sets that we use, I think their accuracy is like fairly high. But if you actually if you if you look at the results in practice, it actually does uh, make make a pretty big difference um, whether or not you have the re-ranking or not. So, okay. like this this is like like we we had some ablations where we generated stories like without the re-ranking at all, and found that like humans like preferred the ones with the re-ranker by by quite a quite a large margin. So they are doing something in practice. Cool. So uh, so like one one additional point I was going to make about the re-rankers like is that these re-rankers are actually the only the only part of this this whole pipeline that uses uh, the previous story data. This is the first time I've mentioned like writing prompts data. So every, everything else where we were generating story, that's actually operating like all zero shot, which is uh, kind of nice not to actually train something. Right. And in principle, it can kind of generalize as long as you like modify your prompts appropriately. Cool. Yeah, uh, that sounds good. So so far, the rewriting module, uh, I mean, the way you described it, it seems like you're mostly improving the quality of the story in terms of local consistencies, right? And uh, the, the next module that we talk about, the editing module, uh, that seems like more of ensuring some sort of a global consistency. So can you describe more about uh, the edit module? Yeah, yeah. So I guess like instead of like local versus global consistency, the way I think of it is more as, uh, I, I think of more as like high level versus low level consistency, where kind of like the drafting and like rewriting modules uh, and like together with the planning, like they're, they're mostly designed to improve kind of like, like the consistency at the level of like the high level overarching like plot. So that the story at like a high level is kind of like going in the right direction, whereas the edit module is designed more for to improve the low level consistency of like individual like small details. Like I may have a character John who like attends who who like in the first paragraph of the story is like mentioned to attend UC Berkeley, for example. And this might just be like a minor detail, and like which is not actually that important. Like maybe it doesn't matter for the context of the whole story which college it goes to. But uh, two thousand words later, if like 
he's suddenly mentioned as like attending Stanford, that's actually like really jarring as a reader. I mean, it's like right. totally not desirable. So it's, it's these sort of like low-level details that the edit module is uh, intended to address. So is it only focusing, is it only about the character attributes uh, uh, yeah. that the edit module uh, is making these changes? Yeah, so ideally we would like to do like all low-level details, right? But it turns out that this task is like super hard. So in right. this work, we focused just on uh, character attributes. Actually, it still doesn't even work that well in this work, unfortunately. But this was our first attempt at, at doing it. So we kind of we try to dumb down the task as much as possible here. Yeah, so, so I guess like what, what makes this task challenging is that it, it's kind of like you're kind of trying to do this like all result comparison where like every time you generate like a new sentence in your story, you have to like check it against like everything else that you generated before to try to see if you like contradicted something. And so this is like a quadratically scaling problem like in terms of like number of characters right. to compare. And you can't have like too many false positives because like as, if you like start flagging your sentence like contradicting like everything, then you like either like can't generate any new sentences or you're just like making a bunch of like nonsense edits to your sentence that are like are just like not necessary because they weren't real contradictions. So your system kind of has to be like overwhelmingly precise to be useful which is like quite difficult because I, I guess existing LLI systems are not really up to the task for, what, mm-hmm. what, for what, what we need here. Right. Yeah, so, so the way that we structure our edit module, so, so like, like we said before, we're focusing only on attributes of characters, so like maybe their occupation, their age, uh, their relationship with other characters, in order to dumb down the task a little bit. And mm-hmm. the way that we're, we're going to try to do this is to try to maintain kind of like a dynamically updating dictionary of attributes for each character and like build this over the course of our generation. So every time that we generate a new passage, we'll up, we'll we'll see like which characters are mentioned and like try to update their dictionary attributes based on this passage by just like prompting GPT three to say like uh, write list down some attributes of this character that we can infer from this passage, and then ask the ask three to like rephrase them in some like structured way so we can like stick them back in our dictionary. Right. Um, so now once we have our dictionary, we can try to use this to detect uh, contradictions that might appear in the next passage. So like mm-hmm. if like if you have a character like Peyton, which is like kind of a gender ambiguous name, maybe they're at first like they're introduced as female. And then in some later paragraph, we like some, we like infer that they're actually male, like then, then maybe maybe there's a problem here. Um, and we'll, we'll like flag this contradiction and then we'll we'll try to edit the new passage to try to make it consistent with what we previously previously generated. So we, we always treat what we had before as the goal. So this new passage will we'll now issue like an editing instruction. So th- this part, we just directly use kind of the beta GPT-3 editing API. Mm-hmm. And like we didn't work too hard on trying to improve the actual like system used to do the edit. But we, we just issued the instruction and like hope that it, it spits out something reasonable. Yeah, so there, there's a lot of moving parts here, each of which individually has a decent success rate. But like once you put it all together, um, there's, just, there's a lot of things that can go wrong. Yeah, do you, do you have a sense of uh, how many inconsistencies you might be missing? Because you made some some approximations, right? I mean, you, you're, you're assuming that it's the character attributes that are the most important. Yeah, do you have a sense of how many inconsistencies you might be yeah. missing? Yes, yeah, so if you actually like inspect the stories afterward, first, uh, like you definitely miss a lot. Um, I'd say the recall is like definitely like less less than fifty percent. If you look at if you look at it, it's op- operating over like like full like full length stories in our like main experiments. Um, right. And actually, it also like definitely also flags some like false positives and makes some unnecessary edits, which like sometimes causes issues if the editing API like writes some like nonsense. Mm-hmm. So, if you actually like 
check the uh, human evaluation results, like with or without the editing module, it actually unfortunately doesn't really make much of a difference in the quality of the stories. So I, we, we think there's like a lot more work to be done on this front. Um, it turns turns out this like this like low level detail consistency is like a super hard problem, and it's also like really annoying to evaluate uh, for humans because they have to like read it really carefully to like pick up on this detail as opposed to kind of a high level plot. Right. We did have an experiment in our paper where we kind of tried to like make make like an easier task uh, just to evaluate whether our editing system was like doing anything useful at all. And so the way we set up this task was like we kind of like write an initial outline and similar to how we're generating like outlines in our planning module. And then we just write kind of the first paragraph or two of the story. And then we like pick some character attribute of the outline and just like make sure that it actually did manifest in the story uh, just by like manually checking. And then we would kind of write this like counterfactual outline and story where we like change that attribute to something else and then manifest like, an, or, like write another story where like manifest like kind of the counterfactual attribute. And then so now, now you have this like two outlines that contradict each other and like, stories for each of these outlines. And the, the goal is to you can pair up a story with the, the outline that it matches versus the outline that it doesn't match. And then you want to see if your editing module like flags or like doesn't flag the contradiction or each of these two cases like correspondingly um so this this task is of course like quite a lot easier than trying to detect contradictions across like the whole like 2000 word story so if you look at this task like there's definitely some signal here like the editing module like clearly doing something useful it gets like maybe a little under like 0.7 auc which obviously is not great Mm -hmm. for like classifying like like uh whether or not there's a contradiction but it's better than some like simple baselines with like dpr for example but yeah, there's, there's a lot of room to go on this front. Okay, uh, got it. Yeah, so there are indeed lots of moving parts in the whole system, right? But I mean, of course, the, the, the design of the system does indeed make sense to me. There are lots of things to take care of when you're trying to generate coherent uh, long stories. Can you give us a sense of uh, what your process was in designing the whole system? How did you come up with it? Did you try out some something simple first? And if, that, if it didn't work, you added more complexity to it or something else? Yeah, yeah. So yeah, we're, we're motivated by this like kind of like high level like planning idea initially. And so like you said, there there are a lot of moving parts, but kind of kind of the, and like the, the design of different parts definitely, definitely like there's a lot of room to improve. But at a high level, like we, we kind of believe in this like decomposition of trying to do like the planning and then trying to, trying to like use that plan to guide the writing as opposed to just like trying to write the whole story from scratch. So actually the first thing we tried was kind of this like, hierarchical like summarization idea where like we would take some like existing human stories and like chunk them up to passages and like write like summaries of individual passages and like summarize those summaries and so on and then we would like and now, now that we have this like tree of like hierarchical summaries we could like train like going the other way to like start from start from like the the most abstract level and like try to train them to like expand the story back into the original story and like this like totally like did not work so the reason that this doesn't work is that there's a, there's a, there's a couple of different problems here. So so first of all, like there there is kind of like a difference in style between like a summary and like the entire and the, like the, the actual like story text. So if you mm-hmm. just try to like keep like recursively expanding your summary, at some point you have to like make a distinction between like whether you're trying to generate like another level of your outline or whether you're trying to generate like a story because those those are, those are like two, two like completely different styles of uh, text that you're trying to generate. Another issue is that it's quite hard to like logically chunk a story into like plot points. Like when you just like try to arbitrarily chunk your story to do like summarization, you'll you'll kind of just like break up 
the flow of the story into like where like for example like some like like each like important event might randomly get chunked into like two different parts of the like into, into like two different like passages because like you, you didn't know it, it's, hard, it's hard to detect what the boundaries of like events are right in the story so like you, you end up like trying like it, it's it's it makes more sense to start from an outline where like the events are kind of clearly delineated and then you can try to generate passages corresponding to one event at a time so it's actually it's a bit hard to actually get training data from that so we, we realized like it's actually a bit better to just generate the plan from scratch instead of trying to derive it from a story or at least there would be there would, a lot more work would be needed to try to derive plans from stories to train from um, so we decided to go with this like zero shot idea where we, we just like just directly try to prompt um, and generate plans uh, in this way and then um, just try to use those and try to try to render those plans back into stories um, it also turned out that like these like the the generators we were using back then like we were just like trying to use like barge or something like there there are just like a lot of problems you have all these problems like repetition or like fluency every couple sentences where like it'll just make mistakes that just like don't happen when you use like da vinci um, we decided like we did we didn't we would rather just like focus on the problems that are actually still there when you use like these larger models as opposed to the problems that are like no longer there uh, like we, we don't want to work on problems that are basically already solved essentially yeah, 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 yeah. That makes sense. Cool. Yeah, thanks for giving a summary of your process. So let's talk about uh, evaluation. Um, we did talk about evaluation a couple of times when you were describing the system, but uh, can you give us a quick summary of um, the evaluation metrics you used to generate the uh, the entire the quality of the entire story once uh, once it's generated? Yeah, yeah. So. Yeah, so like, like we said before, it, it's quite difficult to do any like automatic evaluation because right. it's unclear what metrics it's on like two thousand word story to say whether it's good or not. So we asked uh, humans on Mechanical Turk to just we just like gave them two different stories that are based on the same premise, and then asked them to look to like read over both stories quickly and then uh, evaluate. So there, there's a few there's a few metrics we asked the annotates like there's like which story is more interesting, uh, which story is more coherent from the perspective of the high level plot which story is more relevant to the initial premise. And then uh, we asked them like a few questions on like kind of like the individual minor like writing issues. Like we, we asked them like, oh, like mark if there's like some like jarring changes in style, mark if there's some like like bad grammar somewhere, mark if there's like you notice some like obvious factual inconsistency. Like basically these kinds of things where you have to read more carefully to annotate, which I think those results are a little bit noisy because it's hard to like read the read story carefully. As if you're like a mechanical worker. So I, I think I think it's the, the better uh, annotations are, are the ones that are just like high level qualities like interestingness, relevance, coherence, um, and then asking them like, oh, which which story do you think is like more likely to be written by a human or like whether the story is written by a human or not? I'm just trying to try to guess that. Yeah, so that that's what we did. The results were definitely a bit noisy because it's on mechanical Turk, and we didn't have any great ways to like enforce them to kind of like try hard and like not just like give noisy annotations but even so there are you can still see quite significant differences between like using our system which actually has like a proper planning system versus just using like a rolling window baseline with the same 53 model yeah evaluation does seem quite uh, quite difficult in this setup right i mean you can't rely on automatic metrics but at the same time you can't also rely on humans because they need to read really long text to be able to judge uh, the nuanced aspects of uh, text quality. Yeah. Do you have any high-level thoughts on how we can improve uh, 
uh, evaluation for long text in general? Yeah. So we actually implemented some of these ideas in our in our follow up paper, which like came out like in in December. So in that in that paper, we made, we made some improvements to our uh, planning and uh, drafting procedures. But for for the evaluation, uh, we use some of the same metrics, but we used a different evaluation platform, this like this like Surge AI platform instead of uh, Mechanical Turk, where on average the mm-hmm. like annotators are just like higher quality. So like we want one solution is just like get better annotators <laughs> is what we did. Another, another thing you can do is uh, to try to like if possible decompose the stories into shorter chunks. So mm-hmm. in in, the, in our follow-up paper, instead of using instead of comparing like full stories against like full stories, we compared passages of stories against other passages of stories, which okay. corresponded to the same parts of the outline. So uh, of course this, this is only possible if like both stories uh, followed the same outline to some degree. But if you can like pair them up in this way, uh, you can get a you can like if the annotator doesn't have to read quite as much and can just focus on these like shorter passages, it, it makes it a little easier as a task. Cool. Yeah, that that makes sense. I'd like to know more about uh, this follow up work of yours. Uh, but before we get there, I would like to wrap up the conversation about this paper. Can you sure. summarize the main results from your evaluation uh, and what baseline should you compare against? Yeah. So. Because, uh, like, like I mentioned before, there's like not really any prior work that we, we saw that like tries to generate stories on any comparable length. The the main baseline that we use is just uh, like a rolling window GPT three baseline, where we give it the same premise and then let it generate, and then we we use like the same context length as uh, we we like impose on our model. So we, I think we we impose like a maximum context window of like one thousand twenty four because we're interested in exploring like the ability to like generate stories that are longer than what your model can, can like see. So this GPT-3 baseline just like right, sees the premise and writes until like gets the end of the context window and just like does a rolling window and to generate each next passage until it gets to about the same length as our as our system's story. Um, okay. So yeah, and then we, we just compare that. And then uh, there's one other baseline, which is we do the same thing, except that the GPT-3's model is fine-tuned on stories from writing prompts mm-hmm. that are where we're so like we, we just used their like fine-tuning API and like selected a bunch of stories that are like more than 2,000 words long or something from writing prompts. And that does a little bit better than like the original baseline that's not fine-tuned, but it's still like quite quite a lot worse than actually having a proper planning procedure like we use. Okay. Okay. And uh, you evaluated uh, the stories generated from these models based on some aspects of quality, which were judged by humans, right? Can you tell us what uh, what aspects of quality the humans looked at? Yeah, so so like all, all of these comparisons are pairwise. Like we always compare like our story against like one of the baseline stories that for the same premise. It's hard to like give like a concrete number to like something like how plot coherent is the story. It's easier right. to like compare two stories. Yes. We we just compared pairwise like our system against like each of these baselines and on the same metrics like interestingness, coherence, relevance that, that I mentioned before. Right, right, right. Okay. Yes, that, that makes sense. Okay, cool. That's uh, I think I think I have a clear understanding of how this uh, how your system was evaluated and what the baseline said. So, um, yeah. So, so I guess uh, just just to like summarize a bit. So like I view like RE three as kind of like a framework for that that like is like kind of modular in, with respect to the base language model that we use. That it, it's like this like planning and control framework that's designed to help you use one of these like large language models to like improve the long range coherence if you are interested in trying to generate this like longer form text. So like in principle, like GPT, like OpenAI can release GPT-4 like tomorrow 
and like it would be able to generate stories uh, maybe that are like a similar length and then that would actually like be quite good because then like now we can just use our framework and like wrap it around gpt4 instead and then suddenly maybe we'd be able to generate like like 20,000 word stories or something closer to it like a novel which is kind of like the like kind of my personal end goal to generate like high quality novels yeah so um, so that's a good point if uh, gpt4 came out tomorrow you said you could wrap up wrap your uh, uh, your framework around it do you think your framework would still be relevant uh, in such a case yeah i mean i i guess like maybe in a long time from now like we'll just be able to generate like novels from scratch like in one shot but i think we're still like quite far from there and i think like having like frameworks that can like work with these models to kind of like improve their ability to like attend to kind of the right parts of the prior context or like help them structure their like planning um will still be valuable at least for for like the foreseeable future for quite a while regardless of what the base model is you can try to like improve its capabilities by doing this sort of like, framework that's like kind of modular with respect to it cool thanks before we talk about uh, your follow-up work did you have any more thoughts about this paper I feel like there was something I was going to say, but I can't think right now. We, we can move on. Okay. Right. So uh, you did mention uh, your follow-up work in the context of evaluation, but can you tell us uh, what problem uh, the follow-up work solves and how it's better than this book? Yeah. So the follow-up work uh, is called like DOC, like Detailed Outline Control. In this work, we focus, we, we like we kind of revisit this the, the whole like high-level planning aspect and like. We, we look at some of the limitations of RE3 specifically that uh, one, like the plan is actually like not that detailed. Like the outline is like three sentences long. Um, and there's not actually any capacity in RE3 to actually scale that outline if you want to generate a story that's like a little longer. So actually in RE3 already, like each sentence of the plan corresponds to maybe like several hundred words or maybe even a thousand words in the, in the story, which is maybe like kind of a big jump for, for the, the the generator to actually try to write such a long passage given like so little guidance. So one facet of our, our newer work is that you want to have a mechanism for recursively making the plan more detailed by like generating subpoints of the outline, complete with like your own setting and characters as well. Um, and be able to scale that outline to as deep as you need to, corresponding to how long you want your story to be. And then the second uh, component of this work is trying to improve your ability to stay faithful to that plan. And actually, like, even in RE3, like, I mean, it, it's, like, obviously still better than, like, the weak rolling window baseline. But if you just inspect stories, you'll see frequently that parts of the outline are still, like, omitted. And, like, like the, the, just, like, the prompting and rejection sampling control that we have is just, like, not that strong for, for the complex experience that we're trying to satisfy in the generation. So in this work, uh, we actually, like, used OPT uh, instead of like GP3 DaVinci as, as the base generator so that we can run kind of like better control generation schemes mm-hmm. with or that operates token by token during generation um, instead of just before with prompting or after with projection sampling. Yeah, so that, that's the high-level summary where, where we're like making the plan more detailed and then improving the ability of the, uh, of the generator using control generation in order to cause it to be more faithful to the plan as, as we go. Yeah, and let, yeah, so like we, we evaluated uh, using kind of like slightly better uh, procedures, like like I mentioned before, and found that the readers actually prefer it to the previous like RE3 stories by, by quite a wide margin, actually. So it, make, it makes it for the cool. difference. Thanks. Yeah, that's right. Uh, I look forward to reading this paper. Right. So I have a couple of uh, high level questions uh, about this general 
direction of research uh, before we end this conversation. So you mostly talked about generating long stories. If you say wanted to generate other kinds of content, like news summaries or uh, articles summarizing the history of uh, some place or a person or something, would you have approached this uh, problem differently? Oh yeah, that, that is one of the things I was going to mention before. Thanks for reminding me. So uh, I think this sort of approach, I think a lot of the high-level ideas are definitely uh, also applicable. Um, like you'd imagine if you're trying to generate like a Wikipedia article, like it makes a lot of sense to try to generate kind of a high-level plan, like what's, what each of the like sections of your article should be, and then like use that to like structure your article and actually write individual paragraphs afterwards. And like, you know, maybe, maybe it's something similar for like a news article or something, or like an opinion piece. And maybe an opinion piece is actually the easiest uh, because like it's maybe the most similar to the story setting where like one, one thing that's like nice about the story setting is that you can kind of like hallucinate things and it's fine because <laughs> you're like writing fiction. Once you try to start writing things like Wikipedia articles, you, you, you have to you, you, you have like this whole other can of worms where you have to like not write things that are fake. Yeah. So so like that's why we kind of started with stories where like, uh, yeah, we're, we're focusing on, on this like long context uh, issue and like trying. But yeah, there, there's I, I think definitely like a lot of the same like high level planning and like control ideas are applicable to the other domains as well. You just have to adapt a lot of the prompts to actually make it work. Okay. What do you think are the open research questions uh, left in this space? Yeah. So I think that there's still like a lot of room for improvement. Like, like we're still like very far from like the level of like good human authors. So obviously like one aspect is like you just continue to improve on like the planning and control like right now it's like the control, like staying faithful to the plan is like, there's this, there's, there's still like a lot to be desired. Um, and of course, there's still uh, the consistency issue that I talked about before with like this like low level details consistency, which is like actually what we're trying to work on next. This this idea where like, it's it's so easy for the model to like forget about some like small detail I wrote about like 2000 words ago and it just like writes and it totally right. contradicts it. And then when you read it, you're just like, you're just like, what the heck when you read this, it makes no sense. Yeah, these, these sorts of issues. I um, mean, of course, like, Everything will become a little like harder once you try to scale it from like two thousand words, like twenty thousand words, and like the evaluation will also become like ten times harder. Mm-hmm. So we're, we're definitely also interested in trying to make better evaluation metrics. Like maybe you can imagine like trying to train some like better metrics for like either like I don't know some some better like factuality metrics or like something better for like detecting like relevance, so that you can like better like evaluate how well you're doing in terms of faithfulness to your plan. Obviously, things like high-level plot coherence, interestingness are going to be harder to evaluate, but there, there, there might be at least some room for improvement uh, on the other metrics at least that are a little easier. Okay. Uh, yeah. Uh, thanks a lot. That's all the questions I had for you. I think this is really cool work. Uh, thanks for giving us an overview. Are there, is there anything else that you wanted to talk about that I didn't ask you about? Oh, yeah. You mentioned uh, previously this like idea of like the human-in-loop approach is also, right? I forgot to talk about that. So, there, yeah, there's... Uh, there are other works that have generated stories similar length to ours that use a human in the loop, like just like not automatic, which I forgot to mention earlier. Right. Yeah. So uh, the reason that we try to do it automatically, so like obviously, like in, in the end, like you, you do want your human to like interact with the system because like we were designing these systems to like help humans to like write stories if they want to. But I feel like there, there's like kind of a sense of like. I don't want to just like throw all the hard problems to the human when I'm trying to write a story. Like it's like I'm I'm not I guess I'm I'm not like a I'm not focusing on the on the UI I guess. But my like idea is that like ideally I want to get I would like the machine to be able to like do the, the whole process 
if it needs to. So then the human, it's easier for the human to like decide like where they want to go in and actually work with it as opposed to like having there just be like so many parts like right now that, that the AI is like not able to do well at all. And the human has to like provide a lot more guidance than like maybe they necessarily want to. Right. Uh, yeah, to, right. To, to set some context to this, uh, to the, this part of the discussion, I asked Kevin uh, a question offline earlier as to how uh, a completely automatic approach, like uh, the RE3 approach that Kevin just talked about, is uh, better than a human in the loop approach where uh, humans are intervening at every stage of the pipeline to make some changes to the outputs that uh, have been generated so far. And uh, yeah, I, I agree with you. I think. Uh, uh, I think as a research problem, solving this uh, or uh, thinking of a completely automatic approach towards solving this problem, I think makes sense. Yeah, yeah. Like I, I think it's not that like it's not so like strictly it's not like better quote unquote than like the human in the loop approaches, but like I, I think like trying to do trying to improve things like from an automatic standpoint uh, versus like designing how to interface with humans. I think these, think these are like two complementary lines of research. There's there's lots of benefit from working together. Yeah, so like actually in our uh, more recent paper, DOC, we, we like started doing a human interactive experiment as a preliminary mm-hmm. step. And, uh, and, and that's uh, compared to like some of some like other human loop works, like we kind of interact with a human at like this high level planning stage instead of like interacting with them like passage by passage, like in a lot of other works. So it's like opening up opportunities for like different levels of interaction like this by having these like automatic systems. Okay. Yeah, uh, that's great. Yeah. Thanks a lot uh, for taking the time to chat with us about this really cool work.